Today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. God's Word is meant to be engaged with. None of us would disagree with that, but sometimes the thought of engaging with scriptures can feel overwhelming. The publishers of the Christian Standard Bible get that. That's why they are committed to providing accessible ways to engage with God's Word in your day-to-day life. They have podcasts, social media, the CSB study app, and Bible editions all built to help you find ways to engage with your Bible more. You can learn more about CSB at csbbible.com. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. What's up, Dad Tired family? Glad to be back here with you guys. If you just stumbled upon the podcast, welcome in. I'm glad that you're here. I'm so grateful that you guys listen each week. It always blows my mind. I see you guys post in the closed Facebook group about how you listen to the podcast and just it never, I've been doing this for, I think coming up on five years now. And it just always amazes me that you guys still like listen to this. It's just crazy to me that you still engage. And I know there's just like so many good podcasts out there that you could be listening to and things that you could be doing. And so the fact that you take your time to like listen to this show, really, it's just nuts to me and I don't take it lightly. So I love you guys and I'm grateful that I get to be part of your week every week. So just wanted to say thanks again for that. Man, this week has been crazy for me. Crazy, not like there's nothing major that's happened. I've just been feeling like extra stressed. I haven't been sleeping well. Sleep has like been really terrible lately. I'll go to bed like super tired and I'll go lay in bed and then my mind just starts kicking into overdrive and I can't sleep. My thoughts are like, keep me up till 12, one in the morning. And then my kids are up at seven and I try to wake up before them to have a morning routine. It's just been, I've been tired and uh, notice I've been irritable and my creativity has significantly tanked. So I think for like most guys, when you get in that kind of situation, my tendency like most guys is to just push through all of it, to like tuck all of that away, to put it in some kind of category or another box that you can kind of set aside and not really have to deal with for the moment and just really power through. But I really just believe that if we're serious about being good leaders, we have to be self-aware. We have to be able to detach ourselves from our emotions, to step back and to take an objective look at ourselves as much as we possibly can. And uh, that's just what good spiritual leaders do. Good spiritual leaders know how to stop pushing through and then ask themselves why. Why am I feeling stressed? Why am I not sleeping? Why am I feeling irritable or short or quick-tempered? And uh, it's just so important for us as men to be able to do this. If we don't, if we don't figure out how to do this, how to be self-aware and objective. And listen, most guys don't know how to do this. Most guys constantly just push through their emotions. They won't sit in their feelings and they'll just kind of power through and they'll work harder, they'll distract themselves or whatever. And when we do that, we never really learn. We don't get the practice on ourselves to really learn how to sit in those emotions so that when our wife is feeling some kind of emotion, our kids are feeling some kind of emotion, we can recognize, okay, what's happening at a deeper level for them? We don't have that ability because we haven't done it on ourselves. And again, we, we just can't give what we don't have personally. And so as a man who's trying to be a spiritual leader, what does it look like for us in these emotions to really sit in them and to feel, okay, what am I feeling right now? What is actually going on to pray, God, what will you show in me? Will you reveal things and areas of my heart that I'm not seeing or that I'm not paying attention to? 
And when you start to do that, one, God starts to reveal that stuff in you, but two, you'll be amazed as you start to do that and you get into that practice personally, how well you can start to recognize it in other people. And when you start to see your wife feeling an emotion, feeling overwhelmed, feeling irritable, she's not sleeping while she's stressed or in your kids, the same kind of thing, you'll be able to recognize it. And then because you've practiced on yourself, see like, oh man, maybe you're feeling this or helping them just process that on a deeper level because that's waters that you're used to treading in. Those are areas that you've gone down personally. And now you can start to lead people, specifically your wife and your kids, much, much better. And so I want to get into a good rhythm. I want you guys to get into a good rhythm where you are practicing self-awareness. I think this is comes with age and maturity that you are practicing self-awareness constantly. And you start to feel much more confident as a leader to see your wife and your kids that way. And you can help them process through their emotions and what's going on beneath their emotions. And so just for the last few days, I've just been asking myself, like, what are these indicators? Like, what are the things, these lights flashing on my dashboard that's happening right now? What's going on under the hood? What are the things that are popping up that are telling me something else is happening deeper in my soul? And that's all those are. When, whenever you're feeling stressed, you're not sleeping well, you're irritable, your creativity has tanked, your, your joy has tanked. Those are just indicators on the dashboard that tell you something deeper is happening. And so I've been asking myself, what is happening at a deeper level for me? And I've been asking myself this question. And then I saw this post on Facebook on one of the groups that I'm part of. And it said this, it said, the best thing to do at this point is to buy a gun mind your own business and protect your family. Our world is no longer safe. (laughs) I said, the best thing to do at this point, buy a gun, mind your own business, protect your family. Our world is no longer safe. Within one hour of that being posted, it had already had 600 likes and 100 comments of people who were agreeing with that original poster. And to be honest, when I first saw that, I instantly had this like little war waging in my mind. The Jesus follower side of me felt like something was off like, uh, is that right? I don't know if that's right. Is that right? <laughs> Something seems off there. But the husband, the dad, the man side of me actually resonated with it deeply, man. In some ways, reading that kind of felt like something clicked and gave me clarity to those emotions that I've been feeling for the last several days and for the last week. And it just like, it kind of gave clarity to me. And I realized that I have been having this underlying tension brewing in my soul and it's been rooted in fear. And it's just this constant feeling, this like low level stress of fear of the unknown. And I think I've just been subconsciously absorbing feelings like, is the economy going to crash? Is the world going to have some major meltdown? Am I going to be able to provide for my family long term? Am I going to have a job? Am I going to be able to make my mortgage and take care of my kids? And there's just all these like unknowns of the future. And I think I've just been kind of at a steady simmer of those feelings subconsciously deep in my soul. And there's other factors, there's other things going on in my life that I'm just like, you know, family members I'm trying to help and love on. And there's just, you know, there's all kinds of things, but I think there's just underneath all these circumstantial things, there's just this underlying simmer of stress of the, and fear of the unknown. And as I saw that post and then seeing everyone's support of it, you know, everyone agreed like, man, yes, buy a gun, mind your own business, take care of your family. Our world is chaos. And then everyone liking that and all these comments kind of supporting that, it just made me realize like, I think we're all, we're all kind of living our country and our world. We're all kind of living in this 
we're walking around with this low-level stress of the unknown. And our first reaction is, yes, buy a gun, mind your own business, protect your family, or like whatever version of that makes most sense for your personality. Maybe you're like, Jared, I'd never buy a gun or whatever. But I think you get the point. Like, what is the, the sense what is the overall feeling that that poster was trying to make? And I think whatever version of that makes sense for your personality, I think a lot of us are kind of feeling this, just like hunker down, take care of your family, don't get involved in the mess, mind your own business. And like I said, some of that actually resonated really deeply with me, if I'm honest. I liked it. It felt good. It felt right. But then the Holy Spirit just spoke to me as I read that, like as I kind of having this internal war in my head and in my spirit, the Holy Spirit, I felt like just spoke to me and I just sat there and I, I sat and I asked myself, is this what Jesus people do? Is this what the people of God are supposed to look like? Is this what spiritual leadership looks like? And again, there was just like this war waging in my brain. And, and one side of me was like, Jared, like God wants you to protect your family, take care of your family. You're called to protect your family first. This is your role as a man to look out for your family. And that like part of me was like, man, yeah, that's true. I totally agree with that. And then there was this other side of me that said, like, is that even biblical? Is that right? Because I also know that God wants his kingdom to invade my heart and he wants his kingdom to invade the earth and he wants his kingdom to invade everything around me. And here's what I know about myself. Whenever I start to convince myself that I need to like just buckle down, protect what's mine, you know, hoard, just really wrap my arms around the thing that's mine and make sure nobody else gets it, my safety, my security, my family. When I start to get that way, I think I've lost sight that this is not my home, that this isn't it, that the what I'm living for, this kingdom here on earth is not the final kingdom. And as Jesus people, we don't need to stress about what moth and rust can destroy. And so again, I'm left with this like question in my soul as I've been kind of having this internal battle as I'm trying to be self-aware with all these feelings. I just come back to this question over and over again. What does it look like to be God people? People who walk under the reign and authority of King Jesus. What does it look like in this moment with all these emotions and this political world climate, what does it look like for us as followers of Jesus to submit our lives to him? Hey guys, we're going to answer that question very specifically in just a second, but I do want to thank my friends over at Blinkist for sponsoring this episode. If you haven't heard of Blinkist, they're one of my favorite, most used apps on my phone. Very rarely do we as men have the time to sit down and to read a whole book, which is why I love Blinkist. They take thousands of nonfiction books and condense them down to just 15 minutes or less that you can either read or you can listen to. They also have full-length audiobooks and podcasts. That's a brand new feature that they've put on. I personally like to listen to a few Blinkist books before I go to bed. You can bust out three a night uh, and just constantly keep learning as a young dad, even when you don't have time to sit down and read a whole book. Two books that I highly recommend right now. Um, number one, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, one of my favorite books of 2020 and uh, by former past guest, of the Dad Tired Show, John Mark Homer. And then they also have a book called Why We Sleep, which we all know as tired dads, we can figure out the whole sleep thing a little bit better so we can have a leg up. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you, our Dad Tired audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash tired to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership 
and up to 65% off audiobooks, yours to keep forever. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash tired to get 25% off a premium membership and a seven-day free trial, Blinkist.com slash tired. A couple of months ago, back when you could go into a barber and get a haircut without having a mask on your face and things were normal, <laughs> I was getting my haircut and whenever I get my haircut at the barber shop, I always bring Elijah with me and we get our hairs cut together, all of them, all the hairs cut. <laughs> uh, he and I both get a haircut at the same time on the same day. And so we're there at the barber shop, and I get my haircut and then Elijah steps up and he gets his haircut. And some of the gals there, when she was done cutting Elijah's hair, she was like, all right, here's your mini me back. He looks just like you. And I kind of laughed and I was like, does he? I feel like he looks like my wife. And she's like, oh my gosh, no, he's a spitting image of you. And then all the other girls chimed in. We had been there, you know, several times. So we kind of got to know the ladies at this barbershop. And they all were just like, oh my gosh, you guys, the way you talk is the same. The way you walk is the same. Your little mannerisms, like your haircuts, the same. All of you, the exact same person. He's just a miniature version of you. And when they said that, dude, I just couldn't help but like smile and just get this like kind of beaming joy and pride in me. And I just thought, man, like this is... I love this. This is so cool. That's my boy. He's like me. That's my son. He's just like me. And I just got this like internal joy that that is a little version of me. And I love it. He's my boy. He's just like me. And uh, this morning, Layla and I were having a cup of coffee and we were just enjoying some time talking together. We like to have a cup of coffee in the morning, just process our day, our thoughts, what we plan on doing for the day and catch up on all the things. And so we're having a cup of coffee this morning and Layla reads me this verse from Matthew 5 and she said, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. And I've heard this verse a million times. I've preached messages on this verse, but for some reason, when I heard Layla read that verse this morning, the words son of of God or sons of God stuck out to me. I immediately had this thought of God beaming with pride in the same way in that barbershop that day with Elijah. And I couldn't help but think when we are sons who bring peace in the midst of chaos, God beams with pride and thinks, that's my boy. He's just like me. This is what God people are like. We are peacemakers. We look like Christ when we bring peace to everyone around us. And that thought resonated even deeper in my soul than buy a gun, mind your own business, protect your family. That's like the easy way out, man. That's the wide road. That's the road that most people will take. But the narrow road, the road that Jesus speaks of, it's harder. It's the way of a spiritual leader. It's the road that very few people will find. And so to be sons of God who represent the Father well, we walk around as makers of peace in an unsettled world. That's why Paul says things like, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Dude, would we be good news bringers? (laughs) And I just thought to myself, like, man, more than just like hunker down, protect my family, buy a gun, you know, I'm the protector of my family. That's what God calls me to do. More than that, like I just had this deep conviction as Layla read that verse, that my actual role as a husband and as a man and as a follower of Jesus is to be a peacemaker, to be one who brings good news. And that resonated deep in my soul. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is much more important than just protect what's mine. This gives my soul much more peace 
and way less stress than to just like hunker down. It's just the thought of being used by God to be a peacemaker to the world that desperately needs peace. And so I just started to think like, okay, Jared, what are some very practical ways right now that I can start to be a peacemaker, to lead my family, to be peacemakers so that we represent our Father well. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. We look most like the Father when we bring peace. And I thought, okay, what does it look like practically to bring peace? And I just started to think, man, all right, what can I do? The first thing that came to mind, I had three things that really popped in my mind. The first one is I've been feeling lately like I just need to call people, not just text, not just like check in via text, but to actually call people, pick up the phone, dial their number and to call them and to have long conversations. And I've been doing this for the last few weeks, but even just this morning, I've just been thinking through like what are intentional ways to be a peacemaker and to lead in peacemaking as a dad. And I just thought, man, I need to just call people and have long conversations. And so I've been trying to call my mom, have long conversations with my mom and with my dad, with my siblings, with friends, with family members that I haven't talked to in a really long time. And just call and listen, like what's going on in your heart? How have you been? Where are you feeling? You scared? You happy? You nervous? Like what, what's going on in your heart these days? It seems so crazy. <laughs> it seems so crazy to me. Like this is a big deal. But when's the last time you just called people on purpose to have long conversations? We just never do that. We never talk to people anymore. We listen to podcasts and we text and we have comments on social media. But when's the last time you just like sit and talk, have long conversations? I know that seems, maybe some of you do it, but I think for most of us, that just kind of feels foreign. I thought, what is one way to like bless people? to bring peace, to be salt and light. And I think it's just calling them and listening and having a long conversation. I thought the same thing. This is the second way with just my neighbors, not just calling people, but actually like for my neighbors having long conversations, we live on a little bit more land than we used to, which is kind of hard to find in the Portland suburbs. We moved out. And so we have a little bit more land. We're a little bit more spread out. And one of my neighbors, she's an older woman and she drives to get her mail, which is a ways down the road on our private driveway. She drives down that driveway to get her mail on a tractor, like a, or a riding lawnmower. I should probably get used to the phrases here since I'm a, a new country boy. But she drives on her lawn, her riding lawnmower to get the mail. And uh, she drives by every day. And when, whenever I'm out, she'll just talk, dude, for like a long time. <laughs> and my first instinct when I see her coming is like, oh man, I need to, I don't know if I have the time. She's so sweet. I love everything she has to say. She's really, really kind. But I just, you know, I'm trying to raise three kids and I've got a lot of stuff to do. And I feel like I've got a lot on my plate. And I've just been pressed, you know, one of the thoughts I had was to be a peacemaker. What does it look like to just sit and talk like face to face, look her in the eyes, listen to what's important to her for that day. And this is true for any of our neighbors, like the people that God actually placed around us. If we view ourselves as missionaries on the street that God placed us, that we are before the creation of the world, very intentionally put at this place, at this time in history, on this day, during this season of the world, like what does it look like to be placed there as a missionary and to just slow down enough to bring peace to be a blessing, to be salt and light, to add flavor and joy to her life or to any of your neighbor's lives. This is what it looks like for us very practically and easily to be a peacemaker. And then the last thought I had, the, the third thought is leaving micro peace deposits. And what I mean by that is I want 
everyone around me to sense this peace of Jesus. Everywhere I go, every I want to leave everything and everyone around me better than the way I found them. And that's as simple as at the gas station, the people I talk to there, or the grocery store, the clerk at the grocery store, or the person I pass on the road, or the very quick interaction I have with somebody on social media, or wherever I'm interacting with anybody, that I would leave them better than I found them. Dude, isn't that what Jesus is like? Isn't that what Jesus is like when he interacts with somebody, somehow they feel better than when they first encountered him? And that same Jesus the spirit of the living God is living inside of us. And shouldn't people feel better when they leave an interaction with us than when they started? I want everyone and everything around me to feel a glimpse of heaven when they interact with me. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. Man, would it give God joy as he sees us interact and think, man, that's my boy. He's like me. Would he beam with pride because he sees his sons being peacemakers in a chaotic world. I want every single person I interact with to feel a little bit closer to Jesus. Even if they don't know who Jesus is, I want them to feel a little bit closer to him by the time we're done interacting. But here's the thing, we can't give what we don't have. And I won't be able to pass along peace if I don't actually have peace deep within my soul. And so you and I must ask ourselves, Like, is my soul at peace? And if it's not, if you're feeling the way that I've been feeling this last week, just like irritable and restless and your lack of creativity, and there's just kind of this something unsettled in your soul, then you and I, man, as spiritual leaders have to ask ourselves, why? And what am I putting my hope, my trust, my security in that is outside of Jesus? What am I actually believing? Because for most of us, if we're believing that this is home, that this is the one life that we have to protect, that we've forgotten that we are part of an eternal kingdom, then dude, of course, we're going to feel a sense of unsettling in our spirits. But when we start to recognize that, dude, this King Jesus is always the king. His kingdom is never at risk. His kingdom lasts for eternity. There is no economy or political issue or anything that could disrupt his kingdom. Then it starts to give our soul this deep sense of rest. It's easy to pray a prayer that you repeat after somebody. It's easy to read some Bible verses from time to time. It's easy to pray and thank God for your meal before you eat from time to time. That's easy, man. The narrow road, the road that very few people will find is trusting God when the rubber meets the road, when everything in me just wants to buy a gun, mind my own business, and protect my family. What does it look like to be bringers of peace? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. May you and I live the kind of lives and lead our families to the kind of lives that would make God say, that's my boy. He looks just like me. This is our call as men, to be peacemakers, to lead our family, that our families would be beacons of peace and hope and light in a world that has been so desperately drawn toward darkness. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast. If you believe in what we're doing, we'd love for you to help us equip more guys to lead their family well. There's really two major ways you can do that. The first and foremost is to share this episode with another dad who you think could use the encouragement. And the second way is to make a donation to the ministry. We are a nonprofit ministry that relies on your financial support. So if you believe in what we're doing, you can make a tax deductible donation at dadtired.com forward slash give.